Welcome to the Recovery Lifestyle Podcast, a Christ-centered recovery show where we discuss the habits, mindsets, and tools that will help you live the recovery lifestyle. We believe that if you regularly do the work by reading the Word, showing up at recovery meetings, getting engaged at your local church, and giving back through service, that you will build a stronger relationship with Jesus and experience the freedom that comes from lasting sobriety. Please join myself, Chris Decker, and my co-host, John Rizzi, as we serve as your virtual recovery coaches through Season 2, featuring monthly recovery challenges, inspiring testimonies, expert guest teachings, and the raw, real-time recovery journey that we go through each and every day. To help us reach more people, please subscribe and leave a review. And for now, enjoy today's episode. All right. Hey, you guys. It's John from The Recovery Lifestyle. I'm in studio here with James, and we're continuing our series talking about uh, Pastor Craig Groeschel's Dangerous Prayers book. Um, And again, it's also a Bible study plan, which is how we got uh, hooked up with it. We do this virtual recovery lifestyle Bible study, a bunch of us, and um, we did this one as a, a, a Bible reading plan. And uh, it was really super convicting. So we decided we would um, talk to you guys about these dangerous prayers. And today we're talking about the dangerous prayer of break me. Um, and I don't remember the verse. Do you remember the verse? Well, there's really used a couple, right? Uh, yeah, there were several. Two stories. Why don't you tell us about the 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 break me story um, with the perfume? Yeah, the break me story of the perfume uh, comes from Mark chapter 14, where uh, it's the day before the uh, the Passover. And of course, the Passover was the day that Jesus was arrested. This is the Last Supper Passover. Yeah, the Last Supper yeah. Passover. So what's, what happens is that uh, they're over at this guy's house, which deserves uh, some... Uh, uh, study on its own. Uh, the guy's name is Simon the leper. So that'd be interesting to find out if there's any information about how he became a leper or Mm -hmm. whatever, but we'll look into that later. But anyway, uh, this woman comes over, she's a prostitute and she comes over with, uh, her, uh, alabaster jar full of perfume, which is worth a year's wages and uh, breaks it open and pours it on Jesus' body. Mm. And the disciples become indignant, right? Well, one of them especially yeah. becomes indignant, which was Judas, mm. uh, which really... Uh, the he, money grubber. He wanted the money. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they. Uh, he said, it says some, some of those who were present were saying indignantly to one another, why waste this... Uh, why waste this this perfume? It could have been sold for more for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor. And they rebuked her harshly. Mm. So Jesus comes back and says, "Leave her alone. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing." And and I and I want to point out this too. Um, he he says that she did what she could. She did what she could. She poured perfume on my body mm. beforehand to prepare me for my burial. And I tell you the truth, 
wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will be told also in memory of her. So this is like a really unbelievable sacrifice by this woman. Sure, sure. And um, and it was done without her ever saying a word. Yeah. Yeah, we don't know her backstory. We don't know how she came to know Jesus. We don't know how she got invited to this party. But what we do know is whatever her relationship was with Jesus or whatever she saw in Jesus, she was willing to give up everything. Right. Wow. In that in that in that jar of perfume, like as a prostitute, that jar of perfume was her livelihood. Yeah. You know, that was going to for sure generate future business for her, current and future business. And uh, uh, at some point, at some point, I'm not sh- doesn't say where because she's not mentioned before. Uh, there was a uh, so, there, something happened between her and Jesus. Right. We don't know what it was, but obviously she met him in some way, shape or form or she wouldn't have been invited to this dinner and done what she done. Right. So. Uh, there was some kind of interaction before where she met him and obviously realized who he was. So, I mean, all the people there in Israel had been waiting for their Messiah yeah. for 4,000 years, really. You know, well, 2,000, if you really want to get technical, because it was 2,000. Jesus came 2,000 years after Abraham. So they'd been waiting for the Messiah. And um, everybody in the area had seen the things that he'd done. So, so this metaphor winds up basically telling me, you know, I need to, the breaking is just the, the letting go of all my, my stuff and the being poured out is really just releasing all of that to Jesus. Yeah. And, and, and how do we do that? We do that in response to what he's done for us. Mm. And and it was really interesting. Uh, you know, everybody's, uh, you know how there's a lot of talk about Romans uh, chapter eight. Yeah. Right. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, the, the last few days, the Lord has been leading me back to Romans chapter five. And Romans chapter five is uh, obviously three uh, three chapters back, and it also starts out with a therefore. Yeah. And it says, therefore, since we have been justified, justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And, you know, you think about that word justification and what it means. It means completely not guilty. Mm. So I was explaining it to a friend and the way it goes is this. When there's there's two groups on the planet, right? There's children of promise and children of wrath, right? Yeah. So for the children of wrath, their sin is compounded daily, like an out-of-control credit card, right? Mm. Just compounding, compounding daily, like the interest on an out-of-control credit card. And with the children of promise... Not only that sin, there is no there is no compounded daily. So when when the a child of God sins, which we will continue to do, saved, unsaved, but what happens is the 
the grace and the love and the mercy of God goes out it, from it just his ex- throne. Expands. It, it just expands around us yeah. and draws us away from the sin. You know, it's the goodness of God that draws men to repentance, right? Yep. So it's the all that grace and power and mercy and love and everything goes out to embrace the child of promise and 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 move him away from the sin and into a deeper relationship with God. So the sin can actually be used by God to draw us deeper into a deeper understanding of two things, who is God and who we are to him. Yeah. So the justification becomes an, um, I mean, this woman, this woman obviously, you know, understood that through this man that she was giving her life and turning everything over to, uh, was was able to uh, offer her something way more important and way beyond anything that she could ever get out of this life. Yeah. Okay, cool. So then the next story of being broken and poured out is the next night, right? At the Last Supper. Right. When Jesus gives us the um, breaking of the bread, which symbolizes the breaking of his body, mm-hmm. and the pouring out of the wine and the drinking of the wine, which is the spilling of his blood for our sacrifice, right? Or he's sacrificing for us. Um, so that one, and now we're, we're moving into, okay, there's these two sort of discussions around being broken and poured out. And and Pastor Craig is saying, this is a dangerous prayer to ask God to break me and pour me out. Um, and it feels super dangerous because nobody wants to be broken. And especially nobody wants to be broken in the way Jesus was broken. Sure. Um, because, you know, we saw how he was ridiculed and tortured and obviously crucified. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I mean, let's talk about that. Like, like, yes, this prayer is dangerous. And, and I feel like um, for everybody in recovery, whether they prayed the prayer or not, they, we come to recovery broken, right? right? I mean, like really broken. <clears throat> I know for me, 12-12, right? I didn't pray for 12-12. I wasn't even a believer for when 12-12 happened. Um, but, but I was broken, and then I found recovery and I started in recovery. And then the whole process of recovery really led to so many blessings in my life. Mm-hmm. So, so becoming, I shouldn't be afraid of being broken because of the, all of the fruit that winds up uh, coming from it, right? Right. And, and I think uh, like two, <clears throat> like for me, uh, I was arrested on January 24th. In 2019, yeah, and uh, on uh, January 28th, I met you for the first time and Christopher for the first time in a recovery meeting. In a recovery meeting, yeah, right. So, uh, you know, that whole journey that's been four years now over it's over four years. Wow, and uh, and the blessings that have come from it, and not and not only you know the blessings of friendship and you know having. Uh, a band of brothers, all those things, but also just the uh, the blessing of the repentance that's gone on in my heart. Mm-hmm. And I always like to point out, you know, people hear that word repent and they're 
like, oh, repent, right? But really, all that word is in the Greek is metanoia, mm-hmm. which means it's a changing of the mind. It's a it's a metamorphosis of the psyche, yeah. where where things that were once um, acceptable to you yeah, I, and you know part of your personal philosophy, now those things are no longer uh, yeah. welcome in your life or in your thoughts or in yeah. your world. Yeah, right? yeah, you know, and 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 I don't know about you, but sometimes because of that repentance, I can feel hypocritical because like the old me condoned that sort of behavior. The new me doesn't. Right. And, 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 and rather than look at it as being hypocritical, I mean, I think I have to remind myself like, no, I've made a change for the better. Like I was wrong before. Now I'm right. Yeah. So that's not hypocritical. Um, it's just, uh, it's, it's repentance. Yeah. Yeah. It's coming to your senses. Like, uh, last night, uh, uh, during the meeting, and Jeff was talking about uh, Nebuchadnezzar and how Nebuchadnezzar was out in the field eating grass, right? And uh, and he had this moment. Uh, Jeff had a moment where he remembers st- distinctly the day that he came back to his senses mm. that he was out in the field eating grass. Yeah. And you know, when we're living a life of sin and a and a life of rebellion against God, really, that's what we're doing. We've lost sense. Yeah. And and so, uh, you know, the breaking part that happens in, in the life of uh, a man in recovery or a woman in recovery is, uh, is an ongoing breaking. It isn't mm-hmm. always going to be 12-12 or yeah. it isn't always going to be the day I was arrested. It isn't going to be this or... Uh, the day I overdosed or whatever, right? Right. right. <clears throat> and sometimes the changing of the mind takes over uh, a period of years. And you can see, like we talked about today, right? Jesus' life was 33 and a half years long. But we know very little about the first 30 years. Yeah. And and uh, I, I like to uh, uh, share this is Jesus' whole life was one trial after another, one breaking after another, Mm -hmm. beginning with the rumor that he was born out of wedlock, which he was, right? right? So growing up in a small town, in the gossip, in the scorn, in the whispers, and the being picked on by the kids when he was younger, accusations, they talked smack about his mother, Right? No, to his most face. Certainly, yeah. Most certainly yeah. they did. And the stigma around him, you know, it being it being a question of who his father was, right? Um, surely uh would have affected Joseph's small business mm-hmm. and and cost him jobs and opportunities and all that. So Yeah, I mean, isn't there a story somewhere? I don't remember where it is, but but where basically he's he's in his hometown and they're like Kind of almost like, isn't this the, the Joseph's, the son? carpenter's son? Yeah. Like, who is yeah. this dude? <laughs> right. That's yeah. in Luke chapter four. Yeah. Right. And that's exactly right. And they're they're going, they're all going, oh, isn't this the carpenter's son? And, yeah. Uh, that was right after he read his mission statement from Isaiah 62, I think it was. So, yeah, it's really interesting. You know, like we think, oh, Jesus had it so easy. Right. But, but he grew up in a small town where everybody knew everybody else's business, and it was definitely uh, called a question of 
everybody knew Mary was pregnant before the wedding and yeah. all those things. So I, I, I think that that's a really good point, though, that, that you know, Jesus's whole life was spent facing these breakings, you yeah. know, and, and he tells us this, um, I think he, 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 he almost warns us, right? When he's talking about in John 15, he says, I am the true gar- the, I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. This is, that's John 15, one and two. I mean, he, Jesus is basically saying the unproductive stuff, I'm going to break you. Mm-hmm. Even your good stuff, I'm going to break you of. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to, there, there's going to be pain. There's going to be loss. There's going to be trauma. There's going to be, but, but I'm going to use all that to bring more fruit into your life. And, and that's been true for my journey in recovery, for sure. Um, there's been more fruit, even though I've been broken. And, and I don't know, when I look back on it, it's, it's not as bad. And maybe that's because time ha- has gone on. I don't know. I just, I guess one of the things we want to be talking about is don't be petrified to pray this prayer. Right. Yeah. The break me prayer is basically a prayer that you're asking God to break off, if you will, like you called it pruning. Yeah. You know, break off the things that are holding me back from being used and not just being used, uh, uh, you know, coming into the fullness of understanding who God is and who you are to him, which I believe just in that one statement is really the key to the kingdom. It's like the key to the kingdom statement, understanding and knowing who is Yahweh Mm -hmm. and not just that, but knowing who you are to him, which is equally important that he recognizes you as his son that you're a saint, yeah. that you're a gem. Valuable, right? Valuable, <clears throat> right. And I like to say, you know, like when you ask to be broken and you consider, you know, what I spoke of a few minutes ago about Jesus being broken his whole life. And then Jesus says uh, later in John 15, he says, he says, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. He says, you are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his father's business. Instead, I have called you friends. And here's the kicker. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you, how did he learn? Yeah. How did he learn? It says that he was, uh, back in Isaiah, it says he was a man acquainted, uh, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Yeah. And so life oftentimes is just, is it ongoing, naturally breaking us, you know? Yeah. And, 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 and in the book, Pastor Craig says, for me to be wholly useful to him, God, 
I'd have to be empty of myself. So that's back to the the jar, right? I need to empty my selfishness. I need to empty my pride. I need to empty my priorities. Mm -hmm. I need to empty all always needing to be right. I need to empty myself of of lust and of ambition and and just I need to become available and stop always thinking I need him to bless my plans. No, I need to get behind his plans. Right. And I was talking to a friend today about just that. Often we have an agenda, mm -hmm. a personal agenda. And what we want is we want God to bless our personal agenda. Right. And that's not the plan. You know, the plan is God will lead us and guide us and show us. It says, it says the Lord has given, will give us the desires of our hearts. So oftentimes, what are the desires of our hearts? right? And what are the desires of, the, of our hearts that he wants to give yeah. us are two things <laughs> entirely different. Right. Yeah. It's like a Venn diagram and we need to find the intersection. <laughs> right. And it's really interesting too, you know, like even in the last few years with being in recovery, um, how, how many things have changed for me in the way that I think about that. Yeah. And, um, and I do, I want to be, um, I want, I want sobriety. And, and the blessings that sobriety brings, and I want uh, uh, to, I want to do God's will in the blessing that that those things bring, and so my personal agenda, more and more and more over the last few years, has become I hope more uh, aligned with God's will and God's guidance and what because what does God want? He says, I know the plans I have for you plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give mm -hmm. you a future and a hope. So the breaking that takes place, only the breaking or the pruning, whatever, however you want to call it, uh, it are, are designed for us to have that life and have it more abundantly. Right. It leads to growth. Yeah. Instead of being, yeah, be, to be in, in growth and, and to be uh, uh, blessed, right? Yeah. Exceedingly abundantly blessed. Yeah. So, so, so we, the reason we started on this series was one of the reasons was we, we said like, you know, there are times where we can get into a recovery plateau, um, or we can feel like our stale, our, our prayer life becomes stale. Mm -hmm. And so these prayers are a way to energize both, I think. Sure. Um, so why don't we do an open share on break me? Go ahead. You start. Hey, you guys, my name is John. I'm a follower of Jesus in recovery for sex addiction. I struggle with lust. Hey, John. Hey, John. Hey, you guys. <laughs> uh, you know what? I am. It's hard for me to say this, but I really am grateful for the breaking that has happened in my life, because without it, I think that I would have I would have self-destructed and um, I would have been divorced uh, you know, having this estranged relationship, trying to raise kids without being married. I, I think that that would be extremely painful. And, um, and, and none of that is necessary because I got broken. Now I didn't pray for that breaking. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm willing to be broken and poured out now. I feel like I'm poured out, uh, when I'm in recovery meetings. Last night we had uh, what I felt like was a pouring out kind of meeting where we talked about inventory and we talked about using the inventory framework. And I, it was just one thing after another. And when, when we were done with it, 
while we were going through it, I was energized and enthusiastic and connecting with God and with my brothers. But when it was over and I was done, I was exhausted. Sure. And and I I I think that's an example of of sort of the little bee breaking that you're talking about and being poured out. Thanks, guys. I'm John. Thank you, John. Guys, my name's James. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, and I am in recovery for heroin addiction, and I struggle with lust and depression. Hey, James. The breaking that happened over um, that I spoke about from four years ago was I was um, up to my eyeballs. Uh, I was using, I, I had injured my foot and was using Oxycontin. And uh, my wife and I got in a big fight and in front of my daughter, uh, who was eight years old at the time. And um, uh, I was arrested and taken from the house and charged with felony domestic violence. Mm -hmm. So uh, thank God uh, the Lord protected me. Uh, the, the district attorney said, no, there's, th this kid's never been, this guy's never been arrested, never been a, a domestic violence call to his house. Uh, I think they just had a fight, and so there was no charges pressed against me. But then my wife came at me through family court and got a five-year restraining order mm. and took my daughter away from me. And it was just, you know, being pounded and pounded. And it took a while. You know, I was like, Lord, I'm in recovery. Help me, you know. Mm -hmm. But it took a while. I mean, it was only recently that that restraining order that that my my wife went and got rid of the restraining order through the court. So I just want to um, encourage men, you know, that are coming to the Lord, that are coming to recovery, that are committing to the process, that everything's not going to happen for them overnight. Yeah. You know? So if you've gotten to this point where you're in the recovery lifestyle, you've come to the recovery lifestyle, you've come to the Lord, and you've been broken, and you're you're uh, asking God to, you know, for for forgiveness, for uh, restoration, uh, peace, reconciliation. All those things are going to come over time. And just be patient. Mm. Be patient because I wanted every. Oh, I thought. Oh, my wife and I'll get back together. No, it, it won't be a problem. But uh, the reality of it is, is that if all that hadn't happened, then I would have never been in recovery. Yeah. Right. I would have never met you or Chris or Jeremy or any of those guys. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's it's all worth it. God will sometimes break you, and sometimes you'll just be broken by life in general. <laughs> right. And whatever the case is, just be patient, weigh down the Lord, and be assured that He has a plan. Mm. That's all I got. Thanks, James. All right, Heavenly Father, thank you so much. Uh, you know what? We're here. We're sitting here asking you to break us. We know that sometimes that's going to be really painful, but we can always lean into you for the support. And what we know when we come out the other side of any breaking, big or small, we're going to be stronger. Our faith is going to be bolder and we're going to be able to produce more fruit. So that's what we're asking for, mm -hmm. Father, for you to just... Take us through those breaking processes, big and small, and lead us to your will in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, you made it this far in the episode. I'd like to congratulate you because to me, that shows that you're taking your recovery seriously. 
If you'd like to reach out, please visit recoverylifestyle.com. You can use the contact form to submit a prayer request, give us ideas for future episodes, or simply to just share what's on your mind. We would love to hear from you. If you really are enjoying the show, what would mean a lot is if you could subscribe and leave a review. That will help more people find the Recovery Lifestyle Podcast.